Hello, and welcome to Man in the Arena. I'm so excited to be joined by a special guest and good friend of mine, Dr. Mark Mitchell, who is a kinesiology professor at Western University, where he studies and teaches all things related to health incentives, public health, and behavioral economics. On top of that, Mark is also a former professional athlete who played for the Calgary Stampeders and the Canadian Football League. Mark offers up so many keen insights and takeaways in today's episode, and I'm so grateful to him for generously giving his time not only once, but twice due to a technical difficulty, also known as me. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Dr. Mark Mitchell. Welcome to Man in the Arena, your go-to podcast for all things related to health and weight loss for men over 40. Here we discuss strategies that will get you off the sidelines and into the game so you can achieve your optimal health. It's time to lead a legacy of longevity. Mark, I'm just so excited to have you again. I, I want the listeners to know, the audience members to know that we actually recorded this two weeks ago and I completely botched it and hit uh, the close button on Zoom too fast. So none of this recorded. But anyways, it's yes. a good lesson that, yeah, we can do things a second time, do it better. And uh, I, I just am grateful for you coming back. So so welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. Excited to chat. So tell the listeners a little bit about you know, how you got involved in behavioral studies, you know, incentives, behavioral economics. Last time we spoke, you mentioned sort of your experience at U of T, but maybe you could dive into that again. Yeah. So I uh, started my PhD at the University of Toronto, trying to figure out what the heck am I going to study? Um, and then one thing led to another and stumbled across this interesting behavior change technique we refer to as financial health incentives. So can we pay people to do healthy things? Um, and sort of developed that idea a little bit and then, uh, and then ended up testing the idea in a cardiac rehab context. So we paid people about a dollar a day to um, exercise after they completed the six month cardiac rehab program because we found adherence dropped off after uh, those cardiac patients graduated, um, from cardiac rehab. So that's kind of how it got started about 10, 12 years ago. Right. So you started, uh, you know, researching like the, the impact of financial incentives. And so you found that that actually increased adherence from an exercise perspective. Yeah. So we did some preliminary work with the cardiac rehab folks, and then we ended up going, um, really big because, uh, it, the idea got uh, popular after this book called Nudge was published about behavioral economics. And that was sort of like the theoretical foundation for the idea. We ended up partnering with the Public Health Agency of Canada uh, on a project to um, deliver financial health incentives to Canadians across the country. We started in British Columbia and then we and then we got going in Newfoundland and then we, uh, we started in Ontario about a year after that. And so we ended up paying Canadians in scene points and other kinds of loyalty points to engage in healthy behaviors, primarily walking, but also other educational sort of things as well. We did some, um, sun safety stuff. We did vaccination stuff. We did, uh, what else? Um, heart and stroke risk, uh, stuff. So. So that's, yeah, where we ended up. Well, I remember you saying the last time we spoke, you know, here you are working with cardiac patients who have had like near-death experiences, some of them even kind of flatlined. Yeah. And they see the inherent benefit and value of, you know, participating in an exercise program. And yet some of them, you know, just don't do it. 
And this is something that I've always been curious about is we know the value of exercise and eating healthy and sleeping well. Like the research is out there, the studies are out there, and yet we struggle to do it. We, we need a financial incentive to do it. And so I'm just curious, like, what is your perspective on that? Help the listeners kind of identify, like, you know, because a lot of my guys, they'll beat themselves up. They know better, but they don't do better. So what, what yeah. have you kind of found? Yeah, well, I mean, it just speaks to how hard um, behavior changes, you know, and health behavior changes, especially in this day and age when we've engineered, for example, physical activity out of our lives. You know? mm-hmm. um, so uh, in in a nutshell, you know, the, like the whole rewards piece, it doesn't work for everybody. It's not like the cure-all for sure. But for some people, it appears to work. And it appears to work for those who uh, tend to be the most at risk. So the, those who have the most trouble engaging in an active lifestyle or eating fruits and veggies or quitting smoking. And one of the reasons is because of this present bias thing, that behavioral economics that I mentioned talks about. It's like we prefer to favor our present selves um, at the expense of our future selves. So today, I would rather not take the time out of a busy schedule and not go through the uncomfortable feelings of a workout um, because that benefits my present self at the expense of my future self, you know, weight loss, better health, um, better relationships, more productivity, all, yeah. all the things that we get with, uh, with healthier life. So, so that's one of the reasons. So, that, so the incentive provided immediately, even if really, really small, we gave people five scene points. So like five movie points, which is worth about a nickel, like five cents. Um, that seemed to stimulate physical activity, at least for, for some people, because it helped to tip that decisional balance uh, to the present. So more benefit today. So. No, and that's, that's really well explained. Like our present self bias makes sense. Um, and even if you look at kind of like our neural anatomy and how we kind of have this, this conflict between our, our, you know, neocortex and our more primitive sort of limbic system, right? Like Now you're using yeah. fancy words that I don't understand. <laughs> Yes. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. I, yeah, I, but I think so, right. Yeah. The, you know, but I think it's fascinating just the relationship between that as human beings and as our human experience that w- that we have sort of this like old computer fighting the new computer, so to speak. And uh, um, um, so I I can't remember exactly what you said last time, but I really I, it, it stuck with me in that like I wanted to talk about it again. How, in your opinion, can you help people move from this present self bias more to sort of a future self-bias. So they, they engage in healthier activities now and delay yeah. maybe that gratification. Yeah. Well, I mean, as you know better than almost anybody, it's it's really good to set um, realistic, medium, long-term goals, right? Like you have to have a vision of, of what you want because we're all, we're all growth-oriented. But to make that happen, you have to uh, really zero in on those short-term today type goals and benefits you know so like the in the public health space it's always been like exercise five times a day cut your risk of cancer by 30 percent in 25 years right right but the but the message that i teach my kinesiology students at western is like there are there are so many um present you know benefits uh especially in this day and age of of increasing mood and anxiety disorders like yeah, if you go from a sitting position to a standing position, the research suggests that your mood will improve. That's not mm. exercise. That's just going from sitting to standing, right? And so, so there's a lot of mood benefits, and then you'll you'll sleep better. Like tonight, 
If you exercise today, you'll be nicer and kinder to your, to your spouse or partner or kids uh, and coworkers. You'll be more productive today if you exercise in the morning. So there's so many short-term benefits that we don't necessarily appreciate. And then when we start talking about chronic conditions, like I can't remember what the recent um, depression statistics are, but exercise is medicine for mild and moderate depression. And that's like a now thing. And it's so common, you know? So anyway, all that being said, lots of, lots of shorter term benefits that we tend to under emphasize, not to mention pain, right? right. Like if you've got a yeah. little osteoarthritis or if you've got lower back pain, motion is lotion for those joints. And that's, that's not 25 years down the road. That's today that you're going to reap those benefits. So that's kind of my answer there. No, I love that. Just focusing on, on not so like, I get, maybe that's, is this a reflection of the messaging behind advocacy for healthy living that we tend to focus too much on promoting like the long-term I, benefits? I think so. Yeah. I think yeah. we focus too much on like doing like the guideline, right? So it's like, yeah. um, I don't know how much you've talked about guidelines on the podcast, but it's like the activity guideline is 150 minutes. And it's like, if you don't do that, then, you know, you've failed, but that's not the case at all. If you do like, if you're doing zero minutes a week right now, and you start doing five minutes a week right now, the health and wellness benefits are huge. And the curve is the steepest, you know, from zero to 60, right. As opposed to like those far off, like really hard to achieve guideline levels, you know, so that, that would be the other part of it is like, don't be destroyed. Don't be discouraged because you're not training for a triathlon, like the person next door, or you're not meeting the guidelines that you, that the government told you that you saw on Instagram or whatever, right? A little bit more than, than what you're doing now uh, will reap tons of benefits, whether it's activity or from veggie intake, water, or stress reduction. No, I like that. I remember speaking to one of my clients, he's a cardiologist, and he said that like the the curve is steepest in the initially, right? Like the benefit of what you do on a small uh, scale is so much more powerful than the end of the curve where you're meeting the guidelines, the benefit, you know what I mean? So you yeah. can't discount the importance of sort of these small daily incremental changes in our behavior. And I think that's a message I want the people listening to this podcast to hear is like, don't discount that five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, it does add up like um, James Clear, Atomic Habits, right? The compound effect of our behavior over time is what we want to measure, not these big swings in habit. Yeah. Or, yeah. Cause those, those aren't, those aren't sustainable in the research. Right. Clear on them, right. So. Right. Well, well, those, you know, I'm glad we came back and we're able to do this because those were the main points that I really wanted to cover, but is there any bit of advice or wisdom that you want to share with the audience outside of that? that I'll say this. I'll, yeah. I'll say the same thing I ended uh, the last one with, which is, uh, Walking is the superhero of exercises, in my opinion, as a kinesiology professor. Um, not to discount the importance of all these other health behaviors like smoking cessation, Mediterranean diet, and stuff like that. But if you can do anything to improve your health, and I'm talking to all of your listeners, um, just walk a little bit more. It doesn't have to be a huge huff and puff. Just try to accumulate as many steps um, as you can and start with 500 steps a day. That's roughly equal to about five minutes and just try to build from there. And you know what? You are going to roll an ankle. You are going to have relationship <laughs> issues and get fired and <laughs> houses and that'll interrupt your, your plans, but that's just part of the journey, right? So you just, you, you do the best you can during those tough times uh, and then you come back and hopefully try to 
um, you know, get back to where he started and then and beyond. So that's awesome. No, I really great advice. And thanks for sharing that, Mark. No that's problem. it, man. That's that you covered it. And uh, I know it was short and sweet, but um, that's good. Yeah, it's great to have you, have you on and, and thank you. If you're ready to step inside the arena and change the trajectory of your health, head on over to thespearmethod.com and download my free guide to learn simple and effective strategies on how to optimize your health today.